Hey, Philip, what's going on? Hey, Brian, good to see you, man. I didn't hear you knock. I didn't know I had to knock. Fair enough. So what are we doing this week? The same thing we do every week, our podcast. Ooh, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, hello, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Neighbors Don't Knock. Philip, how are you? Hey, man, I'm well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm well. Good to see you. I'm, I'm glad to be here, as always. I have my little beverage in front of me, so I'm feeling good. Indeed. And, and we are sitting down to record, what, uh, season three, episode 15? Yeah, that's right. We are, we are actually, it feels crazy that we're gaining or getting towards the end of season three. It flies, man. I know. Well, we're already looking ahead at season four, but you guys can always check out all of our episodes. Go back. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss anything. And you can catch up on old episodes from seasons one and two. And in fact, we are going to be introducing someone on our show today that has ventured into Neighbors Don't Knock territory in our season one. Uh, but before that, let's hear this. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales to offer big media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page, or you can email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. So, like I said, we are venturing into a former guest. I say former guest, but you know, we we've been we've been following him ever since he's been on the show. Former guest, permanent neighbor, <laughs> always welcome on the show. He's he's our country neighbor. He's our country neighbor when he when he's in town. Um, but he has a new album out that we're going to be talking about. He also has something else that we're going to get into a little bit later. But I am sitting here holding his brand new album. We have the incredible, talented musician. He's Grammy-nominated bluegrass musician. He is an actor. He is a model. I've seen some of his pictures. Make no mistake about that. I have seen some very, very good-looking clothing line pictures there. I'm going to hold back on being creeped out right now, <laughs> by the way by the way you said that, the way you're looking. A little twinkle in your eyes. That's all right. Well, when you, have you seen the pictures? I think you'd have a twinkle, too. I'm looking at the man right now. He's a beautiful man. What can I say? We just want to get him back on the show, Mr. Tony Camel. Man, Tony, what's going on? Hey guys, I should clarify. I'm a uh, a good musician, a good enough actor, and a terrible model. <laughs> so, Tony, fair you know, enough. Welcome you know back what? to that's the what show. Every, that's what every person who I wins was. a Grammy or an Oscar or a Tony says. It's like, well, I'm okay. You know, like I'm I'm not that great. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So I I I will clarify. Uh, I think you're probably referring to the Howler Brothers. This company that's based here in Austin and Houston makes some cool outdoor style clothing and they don't hire real models. They hire like regular, regular Joes who do outdoorsy or music related stuff. So uh, it, it was fun. I mean, I enjoyed the photo shoot, but it, I'm, it's not my strong suit. 
not going to see you on the side of any buildings driving around downtown Houston anytime. Come on now. <laughs> not, what was it that not getting that cologne commercial or, you know, the Johnny <laughs> Depp where he's like in the desert. Okay. God, God only knows what's happening in that commercial. First of all. <laughs> yeah. That I, I have to say the Johnny Depp Dior commercial completely creeps me out. It's like all of a sudden he's, he's playing a guitar. Then all of a sudden he's digging a hole and then there's wolves and then he's walking. I mean, I'm just like, what's he doing? He's burying a body. What? I, I don't know. He just keeps adding bracelets. That's all I got to say. Let, let, let's move on. <laughs> He's got a lot of bracelets. I haven't seen that commercial, so I have no idea. What well, you know what? About. Thank your thank your stars. You haven't, man. But let's <laughs> let's talk about you, man. First of all, you've had a lot going on in your life, and first of all, I I know we've talked, you know, before. Mm-hmm. Um, before you coming on the show, but congratulations. And for our listeners, Mr. Tony Camel here is a dad. And how, how is being a dad, man? I love it, man. It's been great. It's, um, she's almost five months. So this last three weeks or a month or so has been really fun because you get a way more, uh, you know, feedback from her. She's laughing a lot or smiling more and it's just more fun. And, and uh, it's kind of an easier period, I think between now and six or eight months when she's not really moving around. And you and are sleeping uh, at this point or still not sleeping? We're sleeping. Good. She doesn't take great naps, but she sleeps through the night most of the time. All right. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, it hasn't been that tough on me. My wife has handled a lot of that side of things, but, uh, but it's been great. I love it. She, my wife just went back to work. She was, on maternity leave for almost five months. So, wow. Um, she's, uh, we're adjusting to that. Now we're in daddy daycare mode. So she leaves in the morning and I take care of her all day. Oh, take and her with see, me now we find out what you're made of, man. Now we find out yeah. daddy daycare is, is no joke. So <laughs> we see everything, just how dad would do it and how mom would not do it. And that doesn't tell mom. Poor little hands. <laughs> poor, 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 poor little hands That's are, what, are that, taped to the banjo. <laughs> you know, T- Tony. Yeah. Right, do you do you give her or let her? Do you play in front of her at all, or is that yeah. something you guys do? Yeah. Uh, during the, I mean, during the day, like she's really mellow overall, and I'll put her in this sit me up thing where she can sit up, and um, and I'll practice and just pick around on the guitar, and she likes it. And she'll play with her toys as best she can while I do it. And it, it seems to calm her down. She seems to like it for a little while, but once she gets tired or hungry, she doesn't care anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, you know, they, yeah. They, they want what they want, right? They want what they want. Exactly. But you know, I, I'm picturing now when Philip said that with your, with your daughter's hands, like taped to the banjo, I'm picturing like a country version of the Adams family, you know, Nashville you, version you, or something. You know, uh, like, <laughs> I think forcing your child to play the banjo would be uh, tantamount to a visit from child services. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a little cruel. Wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah it, would, it would deserve a visit from like, child services. Start, sure. start with something, but, but probably not the banjo. That's probably not the right path. Well, all right. Definitely so not. You are now, you are now a dad. You guys have had, um, things going. I'm glad to hear that you're doing really well and that your daughter's doing well. So congratulations, Thank you. you know, and last time we had you on the show and for our listeners that didn't uh, hear at Tony's first episode, go back in season one and check it out. Tony was one of our first guests here on neighbors. Don't knock. And mm-hmm. actually your the band, your band wooden wire had an album mm-hmm. debut Back last year, a little over a year ago, when you came on the show, which was really crazy, and it was, uh, you know, I I love that album. But now, 
as I'm holding in my hand, we are celebrating your new album, Tony yes. Camel, Back Down Home. Why, let's talk about this for a minute, man. First of all, is this was this always something that you wanted to do, your own album, or was this something that just kind of came in of how events unfolded? A little bit of both. I think, um, oh, well, yeah, I've always wanted to do my own album, but, uh, you know, only when the time was right. And the time became right because of the, the events that unfolded in 2020. And also babies and uh, a couple of the guys got day jobs. And it was just, I had time. And um, the guy who produced it, who's a songwriter, a well-known songwriter named Bruce Robison, He's written tunes for George Strait, Garth Brooks, The Dixie Chicks, Miranda Lambert, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. He's a very, very well-known and, and successful songwriter. And he's a great producer. He has a studio in Lockhart where we did it. It's all analog. There's no computers. Everything's done to two-inch tape and uh, done live. Wow, cool. And so, yeah, really neat. And, he, and I've been working out there from time to time over the course of the last five years or so. And he'd been asking me to come in and record some tunes you know, that weren't bluegrass tunes and doing them not bluegrass style uh, under my own name for four years. And at uh, the time was right. He, he had wanted me to make a record out there for a little while. And, and I kept saying, yes, but not yet. Yes, but not yet. And then finally, let's do it. Congratulations, man. That's so cool. Was Thanks, it, Philip. What, was it hard to, to adjust to being in the studio and not doing bluegrass style? Was that a little weird at first? No, not the stylistically. It didn't feel weird at all. The, the type of music that is on this record is still feels, feels supernatural. Um, and, but what was a little strange was doing it without wooden wire, without my, the bandmates I've been working with almost exclusively for the last eight years. Uh, we had a method of, we did our, the way we did things in the studio. We had our way of doing it. It wasn't that dissimilar to the way we did it, did this record, but it was, um, you know, the musicians that are on that record, I knew them all, but I didn't know them, only knew a few of them really well. It was really more of this, um, let's throw all these good musicians in the room and see how everyone feels about the song and then just throw it down. And we did it in just over three days. So it was, it was a really fun process. Wow. You laid down the whole album in three days. We did all the tracking in three days. Yeah. Because so, we did everything live. So, um, you know, when you're working in a digital studio and we do everything, we did everything live in Woodham Wire too, but there were other digital uh, tricks or whatever. There was just digital options, I should say. In an analog setting, you have even fewer options. And uh, so we really just, you can hear it too. If you listen to the record closely, no, it, it does. It's, it's all performances. It's yeah, all just you, performances. It almost sounded yeah. like you were in a hall a little bit, mm -hmm. the way that when I was listening to the record, it, you know, it, you could definitely tell it wasn't, it, it, you weren't like sound booth and it wasn't individual tracks. So, right. So, I mean, it, it, and, yeah. and personally, I, I actually love, and, and for those of you that haven't heard this, you can check out Tony's music. It's on, you know, you can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, you know, go get them on YouTube or go to TonyCamelMusic.com. But the album, I actually, there's two songs that really stuck in my head, and one of them was Heat, and the other one, which I just love to death, is Amen. And actually, I have a, I have a close third. It's The River. 
And those Thank were you. those were the three that I loved. I mean, I, they were all great, but for the for me I, on the album, those were songs that really stuck out, and they were all very different. And I mm-hmm. I, th- I think the heat, I I guess it's called the heat or is it heat? I I'm heat. sorry, the heat. Okay. And that one I I could hear and I can hear some of the lyrics with a lot of Bayou references and things Mm -hmm. like that. So it really kind of touched home. So you really kind of tipped your hat to a lot of what you grew up with and and connected with. I'm glad you feel that way. It it definitely has a Gulf coast backdrop to back, back up just a second. I'll give you an example of how the recording process went. This river, the song that you said was your close third. We recorded that song uh, on the day before we actually started tracking, we went to the studio just to go over the songs again and just see what might stick out, maybe anything we could suggest for the next day. The drummer on the record was there, and he he had this old 1960s um, maestro drum machine. He plugged it into the analog board, and he hit the bass drum along with me playing this river. That was supposed to be a demo but it turned out really good. So we just kept it and we added, we overdubbed. That's one of the ones we overdubbed harmonies and, and slide guitar later. But, but that was just supposed to be a demo, but it felt so good that we just kept it. But yeah, the record's got a Gulf Coast dra- backdrop. I did, as you guys know, uh, I grew up in Houston. Brian and I went to high school together. For, for um, those of you that, that didn't catch yeah. all, the, uh, all of the old days, high school days, go back to season one and check out that episode. <laughs> You're right. going to get the dirt. <laughs> yeah. My family had a place in Galveston. So I grew up, you know, it almost felt like half my time was spent there. And I love it there. I still love it there. And uh, so throughout the record, there's a theme of change. You know, there's a lot. I wrote a lot of these songs during difficult times, my dad passing away, uh, just things drastically changing throughout my life. And whenever that happens, I look to nostalgic and familiar places like, like the Gulf Coast. So there's this Gulf Coast backdrop that I hope, I hope shows a, a positive uh, light during difficult times. And um, so, yeah, when, when heat, heat, I wrote like six or seven years ago after a trip to Lafayette, Louisiana, after playing this venue called the Blue Moon Saloon and trying to dance with some of the locals and, and them showing me that the Cajun two-step is different than the Texas two-step. And I just had a fun night. I wrote a song about it. And, uh, and also when we were gathering songs, I didn't bring that one to the table, but as this Gulf coast theme started to emerge, I realized that one has a Gulf coast theme because it's about a Gulf coast city of Lafayette, Louisiana. I've always written songs about the Gulf coast. And this one just happens. This whole record just sort of happens to have that vibe. Now, are you going to, have you done any performances? Um, I, I know you've done some, uh, album release parties, I guess we don't call them parties, I guess concerts. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, you know, you've been here in Houston, but I know you've done some, a couple in Austin. Did you, have you done anything in Lafayette or are you planning to do any more album release stuff? Or are you trying to keep it kind of local? I, I don't have plans right now to travel out of state. I have traveled out of state before the record came out. I went on the road with Robert O'Keen. I, I played a few shows opening for him, but I was just by myself. This weekend, I have two shows in Austin and then a show, a festival in Burnett called Utopia Fest. I just played the Kerrville Folk Festival. I'm doing two shows at the Continental Club in Austin this weekend. And then the following weekend, I'm playing the old Settlers Music Festival. And then on November 4th, I want to say, at Thursday, November 4th, we'll be at in up in Conroe at the Dosi Do Coffee House. So those are everything I'm going to do until probably the spring is going to be early spring will be in the state unless something 
falls into my lap to go on tour solo with someone. Uh, but I don't plan on taking the band out of state um, until next year. But you're still hitting the road. It sounds like almost every single weekend. So you're you're working practically full time now. Yeah, Daddy Daycare is going to have to be uh, Daddy Daycare is mobile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I'm working as much as I can. You know, I uh, these last couple of weeks, uh, it's just been me uh, during the day. And uh, but next week, uh, towards the end of this week, we're going to start getting the mother in laws back in the fold. So I'm looking <laughs> yeah, otherwise forward to you it. have to buy your yeah. daughter some serious earmuffs, right? So you can actually yeah. get the real studio time going and, and real she, practice time. She she came with us, my wife and I, and her. We took her to. I played a festival, a songwriters festival, in Red River, New Mexico. It was just I was just solo. It's a great lineup. It's like Hayes Carl and and uh, uh, all these great musicians, and so. Um, I was pumped to be there, but we did a family road trip and it went, it went uh, really well, I think overall. That's awesome. Uh, so should we, we got her some, some of the head, the earmuffs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No some doubt. That's, that's clutch, yeah. man. I'm telling you. And, she and did, I, she did really well. I was proud. There you go. You, you haven't brought her mm-hmm. up on stage yet. Have you? No, I just did a video for, and it's not out, but I, I do this acapella song. The last song on the record is just me and a fiddle and some background singers. So when they're, I don't have a fiddle or background singers. I just do it acapella. I did a video at the studio in Austin with um, Paste Magazine, this music magazine, of me singing that song acapella and holding her. I don't know if they'll put it out or not, but they, it was their idea. So oh, they, like they encouraged me to exploit her cuteness for the sake of internet <laughs> views. Actually, I thought, I, th- I think I saw a social media post that you did <laughs> or no, Someone no, I guess it was picture. just you with, yeah, you took some pictures with yeah. her with the album yeah. and, and I, yeah. like you were like, it almost sounded like you were half feeling bad. Like I'm, I'm exploiting my daughter's cuteness to sell albums, but at the same time it you is. had a big old smile. Well, I tell you what, if it doesn't, if it doesn't <laughs> she would look go, adorable. if it doesn't go out, you need to get a copy of that video because that's one of those things, man, that like, she'll just have forever. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, the, cool. yeah. And you, if you get too big, man, then you never have to worry about her being like the Nirvana baby, like suing you because it's your own daughter. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. When, no when your beard is big, down but... to like mid chest and you wear sunglasses, <laughs> no matter how dark it is out. She'll be like, I knew my dad when. <laughs> it was his first solo album. Well, it was awesome. I hope I it doesn't there. come down to that. I was there at the beginning when it all blew up. Yeah. <laughs> Just hope you don't see her on Pawn Stars, you know, at 18 years old. Like, I got a signed copy. It's original. You know? Right. It says to Brian Chambers, but ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who that loser is. Exactly <laughs> right. Uh, which I, I am going to have to bring my record to get you to sign it, man. When I get it, but I just got it today, and I'm so I'm so stoked. It's gorgeous looking. It's got that marble finish on the on the record, on the <laughs> vinyl. So it's really it's really unique. It's really cool. I have never owned one a vinyl like that. So I'm stoked to have it. You know, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed to admit I've never seen a custom vinyl with a pattern like that before i've only seen the classic black that's how i have i mean aside from you know the gold and platinum albums well, that are, right that are framed. Yeah, 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 yeah. framed thanks yeah shout out to hand-drawn records in dallas they did the printing also a guy who the guy who designed it the all the artwork for the record took the photos every little detail of this thing has been pined over and yeah the um the colored this the colored vinyl the actual records being a different you know color that's that's a cool thing and it's happening a lot more now that vinyl has become more and more in vogue is that still on an upward 
trajectory or are, are people still being hip and like and like picking up record players and stuff or is it sort of plateauing i think it's continuing to rise from what i can tell it's a good um, thing it just sounds better i think so too i think so too it sounds better and i think it really so with a vinyl you're limited to how long it can be you are with a cd too but i think cds are 80 or 90 minutes which is a really long record so vinyls for the best sound quality you get 22 minutes aside all those old classic records you heard from back in the 60s, 70s, most of them are under 40 minutes. And that was a parameter that had to be considered when you were recording. You know, a lot of times people were picking the best 40 minutes, really picking the best two groups of 22 minutes and under. So by doing that, you end up making more concise records that fit together better and that flow better and that are more fun to listen to because you can listen to them fairly quickly, like on a drive home from work or, you know, you're not committing 80 minutes or 60 minutes even. Yeah. Fair enough. And back in the sixties and seventies, right. It's like two minutes to smoke the hash and then the call it 30 <laughs> seconds for an album flip. So you've, <laughs> yep. you've got a solid, it's, it's, it's enough to get another one going. Yeah, buddy, you've got a solid like 41 and a half minutes right there of easy exactly. listening before that contact high wears off. That's, uh, <laughs> there we go. Then we started all over again. Flip, <laughs> flip and repeat, baby. Flip and repeat. No, it, it really does. It really does sound warm, right? I actually, I, mm -hmm. I adore the way that vinyl sounds through a good tube set up with some decent speakers. And it, it's funny yeah. because with digital music, you know, I'll get into a, a room that has a really good sound system and is playing something digital and I only last a couple of minutes. My, my listening fatigue just kicks in so quickly. It just burns me out. And if it's, you mm -hmm. know, something warmer, something on vinyl with a nice tube, I can listen forever and just it never bothers me. So I, there's I, something to it for sure. I have to ask, ahead, is there, is there a ritual that you go through when you complete an album because obviously you, you have done several albums now i mean i know there the other ones were with your band and stuff and so this might be a little bit different but is there anything that when you kind of call it a rap and this is it's all in the books is there something that you do no i actually don't like rituals i i uh, i avoid rituals because if i don't do them then i'll be neurotic and think that i've i've hexed myself or something but no, I mean, it's funny because like you finish the music and then there's, there's more work to do. It, it, it doesn't feel done until it's out. And then all, all the uh, release shows are over and the PR campaign is over. That's when it feels done. And my ritual after that is to start writing again. I haven't written a song in almost a year, I think. So I hope that over the holidays or after the craziness of the holidays, I'll, I'm starting to feel creative again and starting to hear some New tunes come, the seeds of new tunes anyway, start to come into my head. But um, if you're lucky and you have a record company or if you're lucky and you can afford a publicist, then you work, you do that stuff. And then you're doing podcast interviews like this or radio interviews or, or you know, just random stuff. And uh, so it doesn't feel like there's ever like a completing the record celebration I'm sorry about this dog. No, that's all right. He just, he wants uh, to be on the show because we've been yeah. referred to as the media, Philip. <laughs> yeah. We, I that. we got that. I, I was it. like, I was like, I, yeah. I kind of, I, I sat up a little taller right there. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, it, it's, it's part of the, the deal. And, and I, I've loved doing it. I love this side of it because it's exciting and fun. And it means that you got something going on. So, uh, 
Uh, I love it. And plus, you guys are cool, and I like talking to you. Uh, well, we love having that. you. Uh, quick side note, since we are in October, and and now that you got the record that's come out, and you're, I know it's still kind of rolling a little bit, but, and again, go get this. You can get it on Spotify. You can get a digital copy. You can get the CD, but I highly recommend getting the vinyl. You are not going to regret it. You can go to TonyCamelMusic.com or contact us, and we will send you the link and how to get in touch with Tony to order his album. Now that we're in October, you had this kind of come about. You've got things kind of sounds like the house is under control, aside from the dog, who you know. But uh, are you guys doing anything for Halloween coming up? My wife and the baby will certainly, I think, dress up. I don't dress up for Halloween anymore, but yeah, I think my daughter is going to be a ladybug. Uh, yeah, that's right. my wife. Kidding. I was gonna, I was gonna see. I was, I was gonna throw out a uh, little Grogu, a little baby Yoda, there you go. <laughs> a little baby Yoda. <laughs> You know, when my dad, when we were younger, they used to always still dress up. And then when more of us were, yeah. born, were born, they were just like, forget this. I got I to gotta take you around the neighborhood. My parents didn't dress up. They just bought extra booze. That was the, that was the whole thing. That was it. Halloween. That yeah. was it. Okay. Yeah. My parents, I lived in a cool neighborhood. I grew up in a really cool neighborhood and every, all the neighbors hung out and my parents would, wouldn't dress up. They would just have all the neighbors over and, and they'd do their, they'd party while, especially as we got older and we were, you know, we could trick or treat by ourselves, which I don't know if anyone lets anybody do that anymore, but I mean, I would just go out with my friends at no, we, you know, we wouldn't nine, check 10, in. 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. And go <laughs> trick or treat all over the neighborhood. Like crazy. And, and they'd stay home and, and get wasted. And, and uh, then uh, they loved it, you know, but they wouldn't really dress up. Yeah. That was kind of the same deal with me. And to, to your question, no, I don't think anybody does. You know, I guess the older yeah. kids, the ones that knock on the door and you're like, guys, seriously, you're like 16 years old. Right. What are you doing? Right. They go out on their own, but for the 11 and 12 year olds, I don't think so, man. I think it's all I know. like with chaperones I, now, you know? Yeah, I was. And that was really fun, but we lived in a nice neighborhood. We were lucky. I think, I think yeah. all neighborhood's though, back then it was like, it's only yeah. in the past 15, 20 years or so that. Well, I mean, wonky, I, right? well, I should say I, I was, I was in the burbs, man. Like when I was mm -hmm. younger. So for me to, for us to like jet off and, you know, we rode our bikes to school a mile away to elementary school, you know? So for us at one point when we were like eight or nine, you know, we would go tear off through the neighborhood and oh, yeah. you would, you'd, you'd know every year, which houses was given out the full size candy bars. You'd hit them up first. So you got those right. <laughs> and then, then you just run around. We'd end up at a buddy's place and we'd, you know, watch a movie or something and, you know, crash. So when you guys were kids, was mischief night a big deal? Did people like tear up the hood the night before Halloween? Not in my, no, I mean, not that I remember. No, no. It was I, a big uh, deal where I grew up, man. The night before yeah. Halloween mischief night, they used to just wreck like wreck houses. It was brutal. <laughs> Toilet paper oh, and shaving I, cream everywhere. Uh, that sounds like fun. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't. Sounds like uh, some reminiscing right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'll be honest. Like I was, uh, me and some of my neighborhood friends, we definitely messed with Christmas decorations, Halloween decorations over the years, but there wasn't a dedicated night. Like it wasn't like, Hey, the night before mischief night, that's where we're going <laughs> to mess everything up. Any given night, yeah. <laughs> any given night, you could, you could get a visit. I love that. Whenever, whenever some poor neighbor in my neighborhood would have tire tracks on their lawn by the time I was 16, I pictured my dad out there like a forensics detective, right? Looking at the tread, like, was this my son or not? You know, <laughs> <he's trying> to... <laughs> Thank God there weren't any ring doorbell cameras no kidding I, yeah that's up. true yeah. you know what i mean do you well, okay you guys are a little bit more out in the country do you have the ring and all that stuff as well mm -hmm. yeah, oh, okay 
All right, yeah. I, I just I, I've never. I, I you, you're still doing this. You call it the ring. The I ring. It's, it's like what was that, that That's movie? That's how you get the diabetes. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll go. I'll go to, man. <laughs> to the online. I'll get it. We'll go on the line. On the Googles. On the line. We'll go to the Googles. <laughs> no, I, you know, I tell you, with all these cameras, though, man. Like seriously, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> if you happen to be listening, stop it. Stop ruining kids' childhoods with all this shit. <laughs> Amazon released a camera that will fly around your house when you're not home, videotape things for you, and then go dock itself when it needs to recharge. That's not okay. That's a permanent surveillance system. Dude, like that, that's, like, that's a security guard right there. Pump the brakes, okay? I've seen Terminator. This shit goes badly. Let kids sneak out of the house. I'm, I'm just like, telling you. And, yeah. and, and Tony, you can you might be able to speak for this as, as well, but I didn't have like alarms on our house doors. So when you wanted to sneak out, you just had to be quiet enough to get the window open to go out the front, you know, or something. Like now... You open a door and like three different buzzers go off and go ding, ding, ding. You know, the front door is open, you know. True. <laughs> it's yeah. like, so I have you. So have you baby proofed the house or have you added all these kind of electronics? I mean, I kind of going back to being a dad. Is this changed the way maybe you've thought about <clears throat> things in your own home? Yeah, she's still not mobile. So we don't have all the we have different sockets and stuff right now. But we're about to start preparing for her to be crawling around and walking and stuff. Uh, we just got a bunch of stuff to make sure that she doesn't open the trash cans and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, I, w I don't think about it, but then it's like, to me, it's like, I don't know. It's weird. I look at her and she's, I'm just like, yeah, this is just how she is. And she'll always be this way. Oh, and, uh, you know, we are going to have to share thing. this conversation with her when she is 18 years old. I know, <laughs> but then, I know she's going to be walking. I know she's, but like, I guess to me, it's like, yeah, she's going to walk at some point, but it's not going to be for a long time. But the truth is, it's just going to be in a handful of months, you know, six or eight or even 10 months. That's tomorrow, basically. You know, so. Tony, from one father to another, I got to be honest, I had all that stuff in my house and looking back on it really didn't need basically any of really? it. But, but, I, but I will tell you this, it is true that modern chemicals like your little Tide Pods and stuff, they make them colorful yeah. so people buy them. That shit's for real. Like, don't don't put colorful things where a kid can grab it and think it looks tasty. <laughs> ooh, shiny. Yeah. Like, ooh, Windex <laughs> no. is bright blue. I think I'll drink that. Yeah, no. It, that's yeah. That stuff should be kept up high. But otherwise, man, I don't know. I all told it, you not to tell anyone that story. Dude, we had all the, 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 the corners of our <laughs> furniture padded and shit, right? My daughter would look at it, literally look at me, be like, what? Grab it, rip it off, throw it aside. <laughs> no matter what. I kept on retaping it. She's like, Dad, seriously. Like, I can't talk yet, but you're a fool, man. <laughs> How old is she? My daughter now, she'll be nine in January. All right, cool. Yeah. Man. So so he's going to have, he, yeah, he's he's yeah. getting to go almost get, you're getting close to the, I, I call it the 10 and up because I, you can't say teenager anymore because I don't know where teenager falls anymore because they are so, they know so much more now before 13. Yeah, right, right now I'm so, so. The, daddy, daddy, look at this. And I'm right on the cusp of dad, dad, quit it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you really are. Totally, man. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. And you, and you got rid of all your guns. So, I mean, what are we going to use to scare the guys? I kept one or two. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's get back to you. Um, Tony, I, I thank you for taking time with us, but not only do you have the album out and a new daughter. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking back just over a year. You've had so much happen in your life, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. We're so thrilled. And, and like I said, we couldn't be happier for you. And we're always so 
excited to, to promote you on the show and, and to, to listen to your music because we enjoy it. Um, but you now have a podcast. You have now joined the podcasting world. Officially a podcaster, yeah. You are officially a podcaster, and it is really great. I love what you did with it. The name of the podcast, Back Down Home, Beyond the Liner Notes. Yeah. So I wanted to make, I thought it'd be fun to make a podcast that goes with the record. There's There, there are two episodes out right now, um, and they don't get into this stuff yet, but a big part of it's going to be, you know, how we made the record, the analog recording process, um, selecting the songs, um, why we, what the songs are about and stuff like that. And I'll get Bruce Robinson, the producer and I had a, there'll be parts of a conversation we had sort of worked in and then, uh, you know, we'll get into some of that interest, that stuff that's about the record specifically and how it was made and the song specifically. And then we'll get into some of the deeper facets, like, so like we were talking about earlier, this Gulf Coast backdrop, well, why do I like the Gulf Coast so much? I like it because it has interesting people. So the first couple of episodes, I'm talking to interesting people that live in Galveston. Specifically, the first episode is with Rex Bell. He was Towns Van Zant's bass player and good friend. And Very he also interesting episode. I, I did listen to, to yeah. that episode. Really, really interesting mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I, it, even if you're not from the Gulf Coast, uh, Tony, great job on the interview and uh, just a wealth of knowledge that guy is. Yeah, he had some really good stories about... So he opened this venue in Houston in the mid-60s, and there was this whole folk and hippie scene that formed around it, and Towns Van Zandt was part of it. It's called The Old Quarter. Towns recorded one of his best records there, Live at the Old Quarter. I mean, he lived with the guys from ZZ Top before they were ZZ Top. He, he you know, had a bad heroin addiction. He and Towns both did, and there's stories around that, and um, just stories about music, and then why he loves... He reopened the venue in Galveston later and, uh, and, uh, and kind of gets into how that happened and, and uh, Towns' death and, and, uh, and things like that. And, and, and then the next episode, and he sold the venue to a couple of really good people that wanted to keep it what it is. I mean, this venue is fantastic. If you're listening to this and you live in Houston uh, or Galveston, you should check out the Old Quarter Acoustic Cafe. It's, it's a legendary venue that gets fantastic artists. Um, I was there to play. and. So I talked to the, own, the, the current owners who, you know, in most situations, someone would just, Rex wanted to retire. He had a stroke. He's better now, but at the time he was struggling and uh, he sold it. And fortunately there was these, this couple, Joel and Angela Mora, that wanted to take it over and wanted to keep it what it was. And they did that in 2017 and it remains, and it's only getting better there. So the second episode is talking to them. Well, we don't want to we don't want to give too much away because we want we want yeah. those listeners to go check it out. But I, I will say the episode uh, one with Rex Bell, I, I I I will I will comment on this. The story he when he was when he first met Towns, he told how he first met Towns, and apparently <laughs> the place that they were playing wasn't uh, they didn't have a lot of alcohol or something. And he asked him if he drank. And he says, yep. And then he just pulls up a rope with a, like a jug of wine out the, from out the window. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh, that's friendship. <laughs> yeah. It was, really so, neat. It, really neat. So and, very and it, cool story. It'll be, hard awesome. to, it'll be hard to top that first episode, but you know, we'll get into the episode I'm going to put out soon is with Bill Whitbeck, the guy who played bass on the record. He plays bass with Robert O'Keen and he's from LaPorte. So 
we'll get into Very cool. some stuff about that too. Well, well, tell our listeners, please, because they are your future listeners. Where where can they find your podcast at the moment? They can find it on Spotify Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Stitcher, I believe. Very cool. Very cool. So, right. Some yeah. of the big hitters. And, like you, and you guys, if you for some reason you can't find it, you better talk to us and we will make sure you find it. So, Without a doubt. Very, yep. very worth, uh, worthwhile of your time. So Yep, and I take payments in jugs of wine on strings. Yeah, that's right. We should do that. We should like <laughs> right out the window. We should just put one on and then just like pull it in. Winter's coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's take a moment to talk about the Sacred Heart Ranch of Idaho. This season, Neighbors Don't Knock is brought to you by supporters of this 501c3 nonprofit that will provide a home to come back to for those who don't have one. They're doing incredible work by offering temporary housing for women of all faiths and backgrounds between the ages of 18 and 25. Brian, that includes women aging out of foster care, discharged from the military with trauma, or pregnant for the first time with nowhere to go. Operating according to a trauma-informed care model, the Sacred Heart Ranch of Idaho will foster emotional intelligence, confidence, independence, and utilize recreation for healing. To learn more about this important work and how to help these young women heal, learn, and grow, visit their website, sacredheartranch.org. And now, back to the show. Yeah, man, I, it's it's a great podcast. I'm glad you're doing it. I, I think, you know, one thing that, you know, from... A, one podcaster to another, you know, it's, it's so funny because I've always considered myself someone who was a musician slash singer first. And I'm, I'm really an actor first a musician. Second, you're a musician, man, but now we're both podcasters. So it's, it's kind of cool. And I, I love you being in this realm because you have, I think so many great stories to tell and with, you know, writing songs and music, it just gives another outlet and another layer to everything that you're doing and to the people that you meet. So I really hope that you keep going with it, man. I, I really do. I know you two bring so much to the table and I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Don't talk like that. You do a killer walking, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm happy you're here. You got the best voice out of all of us. Oh, thanks, bud. There you go. See? See, I still sound like a child, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. I got to have one thing. I, I said this the last time. I was like, you got to do some voiceover stuff. I'm blushing still, man. Now he's we've gotten we've gotten you. You've done done a little bit of uh, some auditions. A little bit. We've done some auditions. Yeah. We've done some some stuff, but. Well, yep, collecting those royalty checks. Yeah. Nope. No, no, yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, like any day now, right? Any day. Yeah. So, so, Tony, what do you have coming up? I mean, you already have so much on your plate, but do you have anything that you can let us know that you have and coming in the future? I'm working on a, another record already, but it's going to be a live solo record, just me playing for an audience um, at the studio where we recorded this. I think we'll probably end up recording it in March. Um, in the immediate future, if there's anybody that lives in the Spring or Conroe uh, area, I'll be at the Dosi Do Coffee House which is a wonderful venue uh, with a guy named Sam Morrow on November 4th. And that'll be a really fun night. Very cool. Okay. So November 4th, they can check you there. Yeah. yeah so for anyone not yeah. that's in the Houston area, that's, nah, that's not a bad drive. No, not that, at that's all. like a 40, 40 minute drive. You can make it. You can make it. I, we almost, <laughs> I almost, I almost told Philip we should drive out to, to see you to do the podcast at your place. I was like, you know, he, <laughs> he's, a, he's a new dad. We should, we should just go and just knock on the door. Yeah, because that's what Actually, new dads I, we, want. We, we they don't. want a bunch of dudes showing up at the house <laughs> with microphones <laughs> and sleeping bags. I actually, and, and I a really wanted. We're here. <laughs> uh, 
I really did want to do this one in person. I'm hoping to do my first in-person podcast interview next week. These last couple of years are two record releases. Every podcast thing I've done has been, you know, through Zoom or something. So I'm looking forward to doing one in person soon. Good well, for you, man. Well, it's anytime wonderful. you're in Houston, man, and you, I, I know when you get in, you, you get pulled in a bunch of directions. You got family and friends mm-hmm. and everyone, you know, and you're probably doing a show, but you are more than welcome to hit us up and just swing Thanks. by. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a featured episode. You can just come in and say, hey. So, cool. you know, have a drink and just to just sit down at a microphone. That that's all that's what we're about. So Indeed. That'd be fun. So anyway, you guys can check out Tony on TonyCamelmusic.com. Again, make sure you get his record uh back down home. It is out now. You can get it a digital copy, you can get a CD copy, get the vinyl. It's a really cool vinyl. Or, you know, if you subscribe to any of those music services, give it a listen, man. Give it a listen and, and let him know how much you love him and what he's doing out there. Absolutely, Tony. Thank you so, so much for taking the time again to be with us. It's awesome to have you back. It's so cool to be full circle. And man, congratulations on all of your endeavors. This is this is amazing. I love love the fact that you're still producing and the fact that you're podcasting. Man, welcome to our world. Way cool. Well, and now Thanks, okay, guys. it's going to be a year. So a year passes. So we're going to now we got to have now we got to bring you back on next year. I'm should we take bets on what's going to happen like now? Maybe baby number two. <laughs> you think it's a, a, I, I mean, That's definitely not gonna happen. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and for those of you that want to hear Phillips, oh no, we can go. You can hear our Kool Aid episodes. I think <laughs> earlier this season. <laughs> uh, you know, before we let you go, you know, you have now some downtime. I know it's daddy daycare and everything else, but you're still finding time to work on the property a little bit because I know you're a guy that loves to be outside. Um, you know, work on on the land and stuff like that. Are you still finding time for yourself? A little bit. I've uh, I've been pretty busy. I haven't made it out to the family ranch in Lano to do any work in the last couple of months. And I keep putting off a project here at my own place in Dripping Springs to build my own little, you know, writing slash work slash video making slash podcasting studio. So I hope to get that done, start that project towards the end of the year. But the short answer is no, not really. <laughs> but things are settling down and, and I hope that it, it uh, I get a little more time soon. Well, you know what? If you get the studio, we should just go to Austin and just set up shop Let's with Tony. It. There you go. <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll give your wife back the guest room, and we'll just take all of our crap out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we'll just... hon. I'll see you in a couple months. <laughs> we, we gotta yeah. we gotta record season four. <laughs> yeah, we have a season to record. The good news, Brian doesn't show up here anymore. He'll just show up at the at the shed. <laughs> oh, that would be a cool name for a studio: the shed. I like that. That's a good name. I like that. I like it. So, well, you know, again, anytime you want, come stop by, let let us know. Uh, But you guys can catch new episodes every Friday, every Friday. And uh, if you are looking for Tony's episode, he was on our first season. He actually did a live performance uh, of Hey John from one of his earlier albums with Wooden Wire. So you should check that out. And we're going to have some great stuff coming up, Philip, this October. Yeah, we really do, man. We've got a Halloween special coming up. With We've a, got special guest. a special Ooh, guest. A spooky yeah. special a guest. A spooky special guest. That's right. Yeah. Um, but make sure you drop us a line. Subscribe to the podcast. And we are going to let you guys roll out of here with the song Amen from Tony Camel's Back Down Home. Tony, thanks, man, for hanging with us. 
Thanks, guys. I appreciate it very much. Good to see you again, Tony. All right. Good to see y'all. Peace. Out. Bye. Is it going?